and welcome to Pastors at Home, a chat with your pastors about living for Jesus, even if we can meet up in real life, one take, unfiltered, lo-fi. Today I have with me Jeffrey Hunt. Hello. And Liana. Hello, hello. And we uh, are going to chat today about something that Liana has been wondering about. Mm. Liana, you uh, like to read your Bible. Sporadically. Yeah, I do. I do, I do, I do. (laughs) And recently you've been reading your Bible and you've been wondering about something. Yes. Well, um, so I was reading 2 Samuel and just something popped out at me, partly because it was something kind of cool in the midst of all the sinfulness happening. (laughs) Uh, So basically uh, at this point, so this is 2 Samuel 14 and... Samuel's son, one of Samuel's sons, Absalom, has killed another son, Amnon, and has been banished. And a wise woman comes to King David, I think this is right, it's a little confusing, um, and basically kind of sets up a question to prompt David to um, sort of basically say that the wise woman's son in her question should be allowed to come back even though he's committed a sin. And she says, aha, well, what about your son? Um, You'd think that David would wise up. It happened before, <laughs> yeah, hasn't it? Right. When Nathan came. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so sorry. Uh, yeah. It's um, a little bit confusing. A common trick you can play on David. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell a story. <laughs> he's very trusting. Um, and she says to him in um, 2 Samuel fourteen fourteen. Like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be recovered, so we must die. But that is not what God desires. Rather, he devises ways so that a banished person does not remain banished from him. And I was like, huh, that's pretty cool. Um, And then, I don't know, it just sort of started pinging off little kind of alarm bells of other parts of the Bible. Which part, which exact bit grabbed you um, and started ringing bells? I think mostly that... Um, no, Is it, it the water spilled on a grain <laughs> bit? <laughs> no, uh, that he devises ways so that a banished person does not remain banished from him. Yeah. And I immediately started thinking about the prodigal son, you know, that the father goes out of his way to welcome him and the parable of the lost sheep, that the shepherd actually goes looking for the sheep. Um, Yeah, so I was like, ah, interesting. Um, It's obviously something about God that was known and has always been true from Old Testament times through to Jesus' time. And also just like, ah, those parables didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, Jesus didn't just kind of make them up out of nowhere. Um, he was drawing on Old Testament ideas about God. So, yeah. And the character of God. Yeah, about the character yeah. of God, yeah. Mm. That is kind of, yeah, I guess these things about the character of God are kind of running underneath, like in the foundations of the Bible about the thing, about things that happen. So I thought, oh, that's interesting. I should pursue that. And even just like uh, it says that is not what God desires, just mm. like that what is in yeah, God's will in terms of what he wants, um, that, that kind of pops out uh, mm. as something you don't see on every in every verse of the Bible. What, are, what other the Bible Testament. bells does that ring for you, Jeff? Does that ring a specific one? 
you're trying to set me up, but you said before about the, <laughs> the one Peter thing. Oh, you should no, say it. Th- I was going somewhere else. Oh, right. But you go for that one. No. <laughs> now they're pointing at each other. <laughs> well, no, because just then as Liana was reading it, yeah. I was like, and as you were speaking, I'm thinking, that's what David says as well in the Psalms mm. when he talks about what you desire is not um, sacrifices but a broken spirit and contrite heart. And I was just trying to flick to the Psalm that that is, but um, – uh, is it 50? 51. 51? 51? 52? 53? No, 51. Uh, the sacrifices in verse 17. The sacrifices of God are broken spirit and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not despise. Yeah, it just, that's the... Every time I read the Bible and I hear something, that's not what you desire. It makes me think of another part of the Bible where it talks about that same concept. Um, what's the one in... Uh, Two Peter or one Peter that I'm setting you up for now, directly okay. just asking you the question. <laughs> um, that God desires that none should perish. Yeah. God um, is patient, is it? That that's the thousand years one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. There's some mad Bible flipping oh, going right. on right now. Is, Can you hear me then put in turning. another one while you're Yes, you do it? another one. Uh, well this is Kind of connected, although I guess a little bit different from Jonah chapter 4 when Jonah says to God, I knew that you are a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Um, Yeah. I've been thinking about Jonah a lot because Dorothy makes us read it every night as her Bible story. Oh, really? She calls it the bath one. (laughs) Because he's in the water. (laughs) So I have to read that one first, then I can read another one. Right. Yeah. Jeff, have you got yours now? Yep. Uh, it's in 2 Peter. I, I know. I was I way just off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2 Peter 3 8. Um, but do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he's patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Cool. Well, we've got a grab bag of verses there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do we well, do with that? Well, can I add to your Jonah one as well? Because yeah. how does Jonah know that the Lord is compassionate and gracious? Mm. I think that's from Exodus 34 when mm. God declares his name. Mm. You know, the Lord, yep. the Lord, the compassionate, the gracious, uh, slow to anger and abounding in love and faithfulness, forgiving mm. the sins of the wicked and not leaving them unpunished. Mm. A fascinating yeah. little exercise is to go through the Old Testament and see the places where that exact kind of phrasing of who God is that is repeated. De- yeah, declares his name and his character and where that is kind of taken and repeated. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In the Psalms, Jonah, yeah. another key part. Mm-hmm. But it also informs the New Testament understanding of the character of God, that mm-hmm. he is slow to anger, wanting people to come to repentance, um, to show compassion. Mm-hmm. Mm. I feel like possibly it sounds like we've just messily just thrown a bunch of Bible yeah. verses out there. There you go. Is, Work that out, guys. <laughs> <laughs> is that what happens? Put them all up on cards. <laughs> is that what happens when you read the Bible, though? Like, is yeah. you know, you read one part of the Bible and then you just can grab any other part of the Bible and. Well, this is the thing. So we've had some questions come in about you know because we've done stuff on how to read the Bible, reading the Bible through this COVID time, and. So, this is kind of like what happens. Like, if you read a part of the Bible, then your brain does kind of jump and leap and make connections and stuff. 
And that can be, I guess that's like not a bad start of the process, kind of like a brainstorming. But if you're just like, oh, then that's, you know, and then kind of if that's all you do and you haven't actually kind of pieced together the proper process, then all you've done is kind of have a brain explosion. It's a bit like having a quote off from like your favourite TV series <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, and one like, leads to the next. Quotes. Yeah, yeah, and before long you're completely off track. Um, so the question is like how do we then take all that and form it into a cohesive uh, thing and discard some things as a bit irrelevant because it's talking about a different topic or draw the right thread through from the Old Testament to the New Testament and so mm. applying it to us. So how do you get from the two Samuel yeah. thing um, through and of all those New Testament parables and quotes that we've spoken of, how much of that, where's the link to that? Yeah. How do you kind of follow through that process? How does it come to a head in Jesus? Like how do we kind of see that ultimately expressed in Jesus and therefore how do we act on that as his followers, I suppose? Yeah. Because mm. what you – the way that you even posed your question, your, I was wondering, like something struck you and you went, oh, what does that show me about the character of God? And then you immediately kind of jump to another story that Jesus has told you mm. which reveals something about the character of God. Mm. And then all these other verses that we kind of jumped around to show us different parts of the character of God. Yeah. So it's building that kind of puzzle piece mm. together. Um, but but even, mo- sorry. I was just going to say, most clearly we see God revealed in Jesus, mm. um, not only through uh, what Jesus does but what Jesus says as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, even from all those verses we just kind of threw out off the top of our heads, it kind of feels like there's a couple of different themes going on there. Like there's mm. the two Samuel is kind of God who goes out of his way to bring back banished people versus the God who holds off on punishing people. Mm. Um, yeah, so already there's kind of different things going on. Should we do this? Yeah. So what do we do? Let's do it. I had the question, so obviously I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and Ez is emceeing, so Jeff, it's... All right, here we go. So I came up with two Samuel, parables, and then we need to get to Jesus, obviously. Yeah. Would you go anywhere else? What would you do? Mm. You'd be in charge, Jeff. Uh, well... Let would, Jeff take yeah, the wheel. Yeah, let's just do it live. <laughs> let's do it live. So, well, what you want to do to start with is to take 2 Samuel on its own terms. Yep. To think what is the the point of this passage mm. trying to make. Yep. Because you can just slide off. Like you can – we don't want to just kind of like – Find a nice verse in the Old Testament. Exactly. Yep. And then just do a kind of word association with it. Yeah. We actually want to think, no, what is the kind of purpose of this 2 Samuel 14 passage? So – uh oh, should have worked this out before. We probably should should have done the work. But let's assume that we've already done that work and yeah. we can tell. But This is know. good though, Jeff, because people think there's magic work to be done. So let's just show them. Yeah. This, there's this no work. magic. It's really just trial and error and yeah. you know, practice. Yeah, yeah. And, and seeking and wisdom. <laughs> exactly. Um so you know, thinking so I haven't prepared this passage. I don't think I've ever given a talk on it. I haven't studied at Bible college. Anyone? 
Study no, 2 no. Samuel. I literally was just reading it because I was trying to keep going on my read through the Bible thing. Yep. I've slightly given up now, but I Don't got worn up. down by the sin of all the kings in 2 Kings, so I'm just <laughs> oh, like having so a break. Hard. It's got too much. It wasn't encouraging. I have studied. I did study Samuel <laughs> at Bible College. It was a long time ago now, and as Liana was reading that, I was thinking, oh, oh, yeah, that's an interesting part. Like, I've never read it before in my life. Mm. So, But I think from knowing that incident with David and Nathan, Nathan. the prophet Nathan, yeah. th- when Nathan comes to him with this kind of story about the guy with the lamb and that got stolen from him, et cetera, et cetera. That's 2 Samuel 12, so it's yep. just preceding this. Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, man. He didn't really learn from that trick, did he? Yeah. Um, that <laughs> is used as a thing to kind of like cut through and give a message to the king about God that he hasn't seen. Yeah. And so he's treating Absalom in a way which is inconsistent with God. And I think that's one of the fascinating things that this passage seems to draw out, that the character of God ought to inform the life of the king and the the people of God. Because the king's job was to lead the people of God. Yeah. And so this woman is saying, no, like God devises ways for banished people to come back to him. Uh, So what are you doing? Why aren't you copying that character? So I reckon that's a really fascinating Mm. element. And even he would apply that to someone else. Like when the woman came Mm. to him, the wise woman, she told a story um, where one of her sons killed the other and he was banished. So like what should we do? And he kind of said, you know, we'll work out a way to bring him back so that um, I think he says a hair, there's no hair, sorry, not one hair of your son's head will fall to the ground. So he would extend that to somebody else's son who was in the same situation Hmm. but then she says let your servant speak a word to the king you know why would you do this why would you say this but you won't do it for your absolute yeah yeah so it seems like understanding the character of god and in here his um kind of compassion that extends to those who are banished um, and wants to draw them back like that god desires relationship, kind of restoration of relationship, which I think it pops out of the page and resonates with us because it's like, oh, yeah, that's what I already know about God. Even like the very newest Christian, you've been a Christian for one day, you know that part of what God wants is to restore relationship with people who are banished from him. That's just like... It's a John 3.16. It's the first step, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Um, And so that's why you, if you're reading through and you're like, I'm not making any sense of, so what's going down in this Old Testament book, you find that verse and you're like, oh, well, I yeah, understand that. Was that was basically my experience. You're reading it and you're like, what is going on? Oh, God doesn't want banished people, banished people. Okay. So I would think just without having, doing any work on it, just like reading that verse, thinking yeah. about it, that it is trying to say something about the character of God mm. and the importance of understanding the character of God uh, for ourselves but also for the way that we carry out our relationships with others which so then you think okay well how much of that is kind of like localized so then the question you want to ask is okay that's what that passage means and that's what it meant for the you kind of want to ask who, what did it mean for the first readers yeah them then yeah yeah them then what what was the purpose if you're an israelite reading this uh kind of when it was written passed around what was the point of it and i think part of the point of it must have been for the people of God reading about their king to see 
that the character of God expressed there and how that ought to be expressed in the life of the king and the life of the people. Mm. Um, so that's really helpful. There you go, step one. Boom, yeah. done that. What did it mean for them then? And then to think through, okay, well, what does that mean for, uh, like how does that apply to, to Jesus? Like how do we see that expressed in the life of Jesus or in his teaching? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, Which is why these parables are jumping to Liana's mind. Yeah. I think that's why your New Testament, if you're in the Old Testament mm-hmm. and you want to go, what are my connections to Jesus? Yeah. That's when you go, what are my New Testament bells? Yeah. And I think those bells were, you know, the parable that Jesus showed that the heart and the character of God of wanting the lost to be found, mm. yeah. uh, to not be left banished, but to be come back to him. Mm. Yeah, and if you kind of insert Jesus into the, the picture, you can see that he is the king who rightly expresses the character of God in his care for the people who are his, mm. um, that he is the good shepherd who goes to like in search of the, the lost sheep. Um, he is the one who lays down his life, suffers loss himself uh, in order to restore people back to God yeah. and join them back to the Father. Mm. So you, maybe there's a kind of, what you want to think in the Old Testament is, do you see patterns and do you see promises? Yeah. Are there patterns which find their fulfilment in Jesus or are there promises, commitments that are made by God that um, are delivered in the life of Jesus. Mm. And so, would you say this is more like a pattern? Yeah, I would think, yeah. okay, I'm going down the, the line of pattern. Is this a, seems like it's more of a pattern rather than, well, it's kind of a promise as well because the promise embedded in it is that this is what God is like. He restores yeah. people who are banished. And the fulfilment of that is when he restores the world through Jesus' death on the cross. Yeah. It's the kind ultimate of, rescue from banishment from yeah, God. Yeah. He, he devised a way that people don't have to stay banished from him. Mm. And so I would think, like, that's pretty good. Like, if you have done that process, what did it mean for them then? Then think about, okay, well, how do we see that in Jesus and try and work through that filter of promises and patterns. Mm. You see, yeah, the promise of a God who will act to restore those who are banished and he does so by sending Jesus mm. as the, the one who takes the penalty for sin and so provides a way for people to return to relationship mm. with him. And so the curtain, temple, temple curtain yeah. is, torn. Is, is torn and the way is opened up back to God and so banishment is, uh, is done away with. Mm through Jesus. So there's the kind of promise angle and then the pattern that here is the king who rightly follows that or expresses that same character of God in the way that he cares for uh, people around him. Yeah. And then do you go the next step of, so what does it mean for like us now? Yes. Then that's the next step. Yeah. Yeah. That was probably the first place my mind jumped to as I was thinking about this reading my Bible was that I'm not like God, you know, mm. that if I want to banish someone from myself, from my realm, <laughs> <laughs> my realm of my house, <laughs> I want them to stay banished. Yes. I don't want to give them a way back. Mm. Uh, really, truly in your heart? Huh? Really, truly? Well, in the moment. <laughs> yeah, yes. of course. You know, they've wronged me. Why would I want them back here? Um, 
I guess I was kind of thinking about our kids. Um, and <laughs> the, the most common recipients of banishment. Of banishment. <laughs> I feel like I've ever been banished so, from you. So as a friend, I appreciate yeah, yeah. that. Um, my just on the side, my mum got to a point with my brother, older brother, quite you know, as a child now, lovely, wonderful <laughs> uh, man, father, husband. Um, she locked him in the shed, like, <laughs> like legitimately. I don't think you're allowed to do that stuff. No, anymore. that's yeah. that's you know. Back in the good old days yeah. of parenting. But so <laughs> sick of whatever was going on with him. That it's just like it's the shed for you, mate. And maybe that was for his own safety against. It could have been, yes, yeah. But there's a banishment yeah. of. Slash, I your mum. She's such a gentle woman. I know. I it's know. actually really hard to believe. Um, I guess you know that maybe. You know, I need to ask God to change my heart to the sort of heart that wants to work out ways to reconcile with people who've wronged me or who I feel have done the wrong thing. You know, and I mm. specifically was thinking about my relationship with my kids. You know, am I quick to hand out a punishment or am I also quick to come to them and say, like, let's work this out. I don't want us to have this between us anymore. Mm. And to look for ways. Yeah. Because often, well, this is especially true with kids, like we need to find ways that they can come back mm. yeah. to us. We need to help them because mm. it's, yeah, it's hard for them. Mm. Interestingly, the, uh, the parable that jumps to mind for me, just like thinking mm. through this thing, is the unmerciful servant. Mm. I'm definitely the unmerciful <laughs> servant. Matthew 18, right yeah. there. Yeah. Without God's spirit, I'm right there. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Of course without God's spirit. and But like that is one where the character and conduct mm. of the king yep. ought to be reflected in the character oh, yeah, and conduct better, yeah. of the subjects. Yeah. And when it's not, it's an absolute... Abomination? It is an abomination. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> We're using grand language yeah. here. I feel like yeah. it was appropriate. Yeah, so that seems to follow the, the same pattern as this 2 Samuel 14. Mm. Yeah, which verse. reminds, like, as, as you think about how as God's children, we now have been adopted as God's children um, as his, through Jesus mm. like and reflecting that character. I always get drawn back to Ephesians 5, um, verse 1 and 2, which says, Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love just as Christ has loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering to mm. God. So it's just, I feel like that just encompasses all of it. So be imitators of God because you you are his dearly loved child and as his dearly loved child, so therefore live a life of love just as Christ um, loved and gave himself up. Yeah, mm. that's a great verse. That kind yeah. of like puts into uh, conceptual language what the story is trying to do yeah. in, in Matthew 18. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think, I, I don't know, I reckon I would then maybe have that verse in mind or like write it down somewhere and when I see it I'd be thinking about these stories do you know what I mean kind of as kind of the pictures that are hanging in Mm. my mind when I kind of see that verse and that would be helpful so when you feel like banishing you'll remember that to Samuel but God makes a way for people to come back and then you remember that you're God's child here Mm. that he's loved you through Christ in the Lord Jesus yeah Yeah. and so what we've done now is kind of like the next step just what you guys have been talking about is like okay then that's applying it into my life. Um, and so there's kind of, it feels like there's two streams of how you might apply this. Like firstly, the stream where we see us, understand ourselves to be those who were banished yeah. but have been 
brought back. Yeah. And then the kind of subsequent kind of actionable application of not the other one isn't actionable, but you know the, the one that kind of calls on us yeah. to respond. Well, it's the action that flows out of that. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of taking the same attitude towards others in our relationships, mm. like seeking to forgive those who owe us a debt and yes. kind of bearing the cost of that because we have been so forgiven and kind of brought back mm. by God. Who yeah. and uh, the way that He brings us out of banishment is by taking the punishment on Himself. Yeah. 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 Which I think is is the way that we uh, how do, how how do our actions change? Yeah. Actually, our actions are informed by our knowledge, which you know changes our heart, yeah. and that flows out into our actions. Mm. So you know when you feel like banishing, um, yeah, or whatever that action yeah. is, you go, well, I'm going to be informed by my knowledge. Yeah. Actually, yeah, well, and that's when I go of back feeding to feeding your mind on God's word, yeah, working it into your heart, exactly. Mm. Thanks, guys. That's taken just a random thought into pretty much a full Bible study. (laughs) (laughs) That was really fun and I feel like it started off looking like a complete mess. I know. You did have a question mark when I brought this up. (laughs) But we threw in like 17 different messages. It was fine once we let Jeff take over. (laughs) What are we talking about? You could have done this. Uh, So do we have a home hack? I've got some, but... Yes. I Where are we thing, so. Oh No, no, no. I don't it's mind if you double one. This yeah. is pretty much Esther's idea. I call this one, um, you don't win friends with salad. <laughs> <laughs> that was for Jeff. Um, and all the other stuff. I did champion that Liana starts sharing this type of hack. Um, basically, if you know me, you know I'm a one-trick pony. Um, I make friends... Sometimes you can't rely on your personality to make friends. You know what I mean? <laughs> you gotta rely on your bait. You have bad bad days. So uh, you gotta I think None of this is true by the way, no but go one on. Can, yeah. um, no one can resist a freshly home baked good. Mm. So I generally make friends with cakes and other baked goods. Um, no, you, the the cakes open the way for you to make friends with your winning personality. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look. Your first impression. I can't help it. It's my face. It's like, a, you know, it's one of those faces that always looks grumpy. Um, and so I need to overcome that because uh, you never look grumpy when you've got a nice warm cake. In, no, because people are suddenly looking at the cake yeah. now. And yeah. I think, you know, it's the best way to bond a new Bible study group or welcome people. And mm. I mean, Dorothy last night. Caught sight of brownie on that you'd made for, for, other some, people. for other people on the way to bed, and she spent twenty minutes screaming, "I want cake!" Yeah, that really ruined the <laughs> night. Sorry, ladies <laughs> who are here. Um, <laughs> but that's so how my, much your cakes yeah, are loved. My hospitality <laughs> tip is um, just you don't. I think if you want to be hospitable, you don't need to be able to cook like beautiful, elaborate meals or have ten people over for dinner. If you can like whack out, you know, a simple chocolate cake and invite people around for a cup of tea and a piece of cake, then that's a lovely way to welcome people, bring people into your home and make friends. Um, So I reckon just get a few basics down pat. I reckon you need, you know, a chocolate cake or a brownie. Yeah. A lemon cake. Something lemon. A carrot cake. Wow, don't give them all of mine. That's all I've got. Brownies, lemon cake and yeah, carrot cake. That's, that's all I've got. And I reckon if you want to like branch out, then maybe an apple cake. Like warm, Go for apple. Warm I apple never cake an with apple some cake. cream. Whoa. Um, mm. I don't know. What else do you need? Chocolate chip cookie. 
I think you're weighing them down with the list now. I think what she started to say was you just need one. You just need one or two. But then that's going to be like your gateway (laughs) into the baking with love. Obviously, I'm getting old in my baking, so I've got a lot of variety within all those categories. (laughs) I've got my like four different brownie recipes, my three chocolate cakes, and, you know, they're all suitable for different times. But I reckon, yeah, what do you reckon is? One or two, but then get good at them. Make sure you can yeah. like smash it out quick yeah, and get easy. Good at them. Yeah. yeah, I can make my brownie recipe with my eyes closed. Yeah, because then it's not and stressful. It. It's not stressful. You can just do it for other people. And someone will say with an hour's notice, "As can you bring brownies?" And I'll be like, "Sure." <laughs> Done. And I reckon, no just to yeah. speak a word for the non-bakers amongst us, yeah. we don't want to categorize them as Marry just the baker. gents. No, <laughs> but uh, you know, if this is you and you're not a baker, yeah, there's also hacks like. Mm. Just, I think you just need something with a twist. Like if you just buy vanilla ice cream and smash up uh, chocolate Vite bits, crumble. Crumb, yeah, like crumble, put it through. Yeah, that's your thing. Make Everyone it your will be thing like, as well. "Ooh, make that, it your so thing." Cool. Yeah, like we thing. always do ice cream Sundays at yeah. so and so's house, or this person always has really nice, you know, little grazing plate. Get really good at choosing, you know, a couple of nice cheeses and whatevers. But yeah. I tell you, if you go to the shops and you come back with ice cream and some sort of something to sprinkle mm. on top. Yeah. You're a you hero. Yeah, 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 totally. totally. That's it. Yeah. Everything's purchased. Yeah. But anyway, what we're saying is you love you love people with your hospitality in yeah. simple but ways. Yes, yeah, like yeah. Not with salad, um, but with cake. <laughs> Actually, if someone came to my house with a salad, I would love that. <laughs> um, but I, like, I feel like it's a bit much to say a recipe on the podcast, so I feel like I can't So um, text that. Liana if you want yeah. her recipe for any of the cakes. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes, promise. <laughs> we won't. We I reckon, know. yeah, if you want to start with one thing, get a brownie or a chocolate cake under your belt. Boom. I'm going to read out the, the verse. This is 2 Samuel 14, verse 14. Like water spilled on the ground, which cannot be recovered, so we must die. But that is not what God desires. Rather, he devises ways so that a banished person does not remain banished from him. Thank you and goodbye.